Welcome to the YPO Leadership Development Network's Leader of Leaders podcast series, hosted by Dr. Terrence Kamal. We engage in open discussions with our YPO members who share their leadership journeys, experiences, and lessons. We discuss everything from leading startups and family businesses to international multi-million dollar entities. In the second part of the Only in YPO discussion, we engage in informed discussions that include the successes, failures, struggles, and trade-offs in their journey. Hi, this is Jens Komal from the Leadership Development Network. I'm here in conversation with Victor Schmidt, a YPO member, uh, a great uh, peer and friend of mine, and the global chairman of NetGuru. Welcome, Victor. Hi, Dennis. How are you? Good to be here. Thank you so much. Victor, I'm, I'm super excited to have this conversation. I know we, we met in a, a very rushed time and rushed period, and we've, you know, we've built a friendship around that. And you, I, I think at some point later on, we can get to the Davos conversation. But for those who don't know you, NYPO and outside, wh- where did this all start? Where, where did your journey start? Is it a family? Is it a self-made business? Is it a professional appointment? Give us some context. Yeah, so so it's it's not a family business yet. Uh, we we started this myself, my co-founder. We started this uh, eleven years ago. Um, NetGuru is a, is a product design um, software development consultancy. So we we started eleven years ago. We uh, we built a team of uh, close to six hundred people now, uh, working with clients all over the world and helping them build software. That's uh, it's a, it's a service business and. Um, and I started in YPO. I started, uh, I think, more than two years, two, close to three years now, actually. Um, so my journey in YPO is is, is still quite new, but uh, the business is is more than eleven years old. Wow! Tell me, what did you do prior to NetGuru? What what what's your context and background prior to getting to the software space? Uh, I was studying. That's pretty wow. much it. So I, I started this business almost straight out of college. Um, both myself and my co-founder, we've been, um, I think it's still in, in, in the university when we started this. Oh, wow. Okay. What, yeah. what was the need? What was the context? Because a lot of the, and, and to understand the context, we're going to have a lot of millennials listening to this, as well as more established colleagues. Did you guys just decide we're going to do this or did you find a particular niche or need in the market? So I think it it, it all came a little bit from from our um interests so we're all both both myself again with my co-founder we've been always excited about technology and and internet and i think you know 11 years ago it wasn't still as obvious that this is going to be the the future of you know almost everything like technology cloud and 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 the internet and and i think we were quite quite excited about this we wanted to do something in this space and i think Separately, also, we've been doing some work on kind of freelance basis, working with some companies, uh, doing some kind of a small things um, as individuals. And when we met, we, we figured that maybe together we can do bigger projects. We can kind of work on more exciting, uh, with ex- more exciting clients. We can do something that's kind of more impactful. Uh, so it was very, very evolutionary. So we, we started... Um, and then we hired a few people, and then the team grown, and and we've you know, and and, and eleven years ago, uh, here we are. So it was very, uh, very organic, very organic growth from just wanting to do something in this space to to being able to do a lot of different projects. Oh wow! Tell me, how did this start? 
as in terms of market space and market share. You obviously had a great concept, you had ideas, but you, you, you're a significant player in the space and, and operating a 600-man decentralized company is, is a significant company. How yeah, I, I think, but, 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 but still, you know, it's, it's such a big market, you know, it's really hard even to, to, to say exactly. It's, it's a trillion dollar market, like software services space is, is just enormous. And there are companies that are, you know, a hundred times bigger than we are. So, so we are, you know, in, in, in some way, obviously we're, 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 you know, sizable already, but this is a space where you have companies who are, you know, huge. And then you have also, a huge number of small boutique agencies. So it's a, it's, I think it's a space where it's really even hard to, to talk about market share because it really depends on how do you define the markets uh, as, a, as a whole. Is it the whole you know, IT, software, product design, IT, you know, digital transformation consulting space? Then it's, a, it's a, you know, more than a trillion dollar market. Uh, or are we talking about maybe only doing stuff in in the in, around innovation around you know mobile clouds in a certain geography then it's obviously much smaller so i think we we are when we started we knew that it's it's almost like infinite almost like an infinite market like we 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 see our clients coming from all over the world and and we see you know even if we are quite big in maybe in the us for example we're not even touching the, the market in a, in a meaningful way. So I think that there's so much room to grow. And, and I think this is one, one of the reasons I'm very excited about this space is that it's really hard to say, hey, we, we now have you know, 30% of the markets. Where do we grow from there? It's, it's just, it's a huge market. Wow. Tell me some of the challenges in the space. As you say, and from my understanding, you're originally a Polish company, now a global firm. What were some of the challenges along the way moving from from a Europe-based environment to a U.S. environment and what was involved in that? I think, you know, when I talk about challenges in this this kind of business, I think even outside of the, you know, going into different markets, I think the biggest, biggest challenge really is that it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a people business. So, you know, we're in technology space, obviously working with clients, building software. Um, There's no, there's no physical output so like we, we're not producing anything we don't have factories we don't have this kind of logistical uh challenges that a lot of companies have so we can go into any markets almost like without even being physically present there like we have clients all over the world uh, you know us is a big market but you know europe as a whole uh, middle east uh, you know but we have clients also in africa and asia and uh, pretty much everywhere but i think the biggest challenge is really that it's it's a it's a business that's based on on people, what we're really selling is is the expertise and and the time and um, and experience of 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 the people who who work with us. Uh, and this comes with with a certain set of challenges. Like if you if you're building if you're doing you know if if your product is is uh, if you if you're doing a, a product business, you can scale it at least partly independently of the of the team size. For us. If we want to double the the business, we need to double the team, and that's just <laughs> something that's that's that that can be tricky, and and it comes with a lot of uh, challenges and and things that are uh, maybe a little bit different, and and usually not directly connected to technology. They're directly to to kind of the more soft side of of the business. Sure, you mentioned the soft side. What are some of the important things that have that have been challenges and have also led to your success? as a collective team and the teams you lead? 
Yeah, I, I think, you know, for me personally and also for the whole organization, I think we, what we've been going through is this transition and, you know, it happened very early on, but it, it, it's a process and it's, a, it's kind of a journey of, of going from being, of, of thinking of ourselves as a technology company into thinking of ourselves as a, as a company based on, on, on leadership and where, where really the key focus for us is how do we um, attract retain and, and develop talent. And that's really what, what it is. Like the, the business is about attracting, retaining and, and uh, developing the people that we have and, and helping them uh, be the best, you know, best version of themselves and both in terms of, you know, the, the, the skills that, the, that we need to, uh, to work with our clients, but also internally and in terms of leadership, management, um, and and you know expanding those skills in this in this kind of leadership side. And I think if I look at the market as a whole, especially in the the space of kind of boutique, smaller boutique agencies, I think this is one of the things that kind of slow them down, is that they're really good in in what they do. They have you know a strong talent in in any specific niche that they're working in, um, different types of obviously companies, but uh, at certain stage, the that expertise in in your particular field is not enough to be able to scale scale the team so i think this is something that helped us and i think this is something that, that might some sometimes can slow down um kind of smaller companies who want to grow and want to expand sure in in terms of the global expansion what has been your differentiating factor i, I understand you say it's an abundance model there's been there's huge plays in a lot of space but what helps if if a client if you identified a client or a client identified your firm, what would what would make that difference of saying, we're going to do business with Victor and his team? So I think, you know, a lot of the time, it really comes down to the uh, the expertise. So so if we can show that we've, we can deliver a, a project, and there's different ways to do that. Like one is, you know, through building trust. The other one is the other way it's through showing that we've done something similar in the past. Um, so, so there's a lot of ways to actually, you know, build this trust with the, with the client so that they kind of believe because like it's, it's not a product, right? So you cannot see it, you cannot touch it, you cannot, you know, uh, try it out. It's, it's really hard to, um, to convince somebody that, that you have the expertise to be able to deliver the, whatever the project is. So, so we are trying to find ways to, to convince those clients. And, and I think we've been quite successful in this through those other, Kind of a layer. So, so um, I think at the end of the day, uh, it's about the work you do, and and that you can show that that you know maybe previous projects, previous clients can uh, vouch for you, um, and then the expertise in this you know very specific niche maybe that the client is in. So, so and then there's a lot of layers again that that kind of helps with this. So building a brand. Uh, yeah. Being visible, we do a lot of content marketing. We do a lot of, you know, we talk a lot about how we work, um, what kind of clients we work with, you know, what's the process that we have. I think this is also quite, quite uh, important that we, we uh, not only show the outcome, but we also show the process of how we got into, uh, into certain outcomes. So, I think there's a lot of, a lot of layers to to it, but it, it, at the end of the day, it's about uh, figuring out how we could prove that you're going to deliver whatever the project is. Fantastic. 
tell me about the journey and, and the process of how your family's come along with this with you. I know you have a young child now, also similar to us, and I have a month old, so it's very similar challenges and, and joys. But tell me how your family's grown along with this with you. So I think, you know, so, so far, you know, the, my, my son now is, is, is one year old and, and we've been, as you know, uh, traveling with him a lot. Uh, and, and we've been lucky enough that, that he's, uh, he's, quite, uh, he's quite good. He's been, he's been very, uh, you know, easygoing in terms of the travel. So, so we, we've been lucky in this, in this sense. He's healthy and he's, uh, he sleeps a lot. So, so this, was, this was definitely helpful because especially for the last year or two years, you know, personally for me, one of the main areas in, in which I was, I was active was actually going around and, and meeting our clients, meeting our partners, uh, going to different types of conferences. So this, was, uh, this is usually a challenge with, with, a, with a younger uh, baby, and, uh, but we've been quite lucky. So I, I think we've been traveling a lot and also like somehow trying to leverage this to, you know, in between to do some sightseeing and, and spend some kind of a quality time. Fantastic. In terms of your work-life balance, how, how do you manage, as you say, you travel with the family, but growing a company, the scale at which you're doing, which in my mind, and I can speak for, for my view, is phenomenal because you, you, I've seen online on some of your articles, you have a recent acquisition of a 200-man company and, and, and other acquisitions. How has that impacted on your private time and family life? So I think in, 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 at the end of the day, if you're able to build a, a team, I mean, I mean, kind of a management team that can help you along the way and, and can really um, be there for, for, for you and for the organization, I, I think this is the key to, to be able to not, I guess, kill yourself in, in a way with, with the amount of work. So yeah. I, again, like... I think we've been lucky enough, both myself and my co-founder, that we've been able to build a really uh, amazing management team. So even though this is, yeah, we've been growing, you know, almost 100% year to year. It's, you know, we've been hiring a lot of people. We've done a lot of acquisitions. But I think for me personally, it wasn't something that 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 had a negative influence on my kind of well-being. But that's just because we we've been able to build a team that that kind of is able to do this with us um, and in, in, in a way, you know, carry the burden together. Like we've, you know, we've obviously all, all work quite hard, but yeah. it's not something that's kind of on, you know, only on my mind or only on somebody else's mind. We, we do it as a team and, 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 and I think this is the, the big part of the success. Wow. So teamwork is a critical aspect of, of your leadership process and practice. Absolutely. I think, you know, it's, it's, if I think, you know, 90%, 99% of the, of the credit goes to, goes to the team. Like the, the, the leadership part is obviously important. And, and, you know, even like by building the team, you, you kind of obviously contribute to it. But at the end of the day, uh, it's the team that does most of the, uh, of the work. Wow. If there's anything you could look back to, Victor, that you would do differently. Is there anything you'd want to tweak or, or do in a different way with, with the benefit of hindsight? Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's always tough. It's a, it's a, it's a tough question. I think you, you obviously see mistakes and you, you see things that, that could be done better. But at the same time, it's really hard to say, you know, maybe those are the mistakes that kind of defined us and helped us 
then do something better. So, so, so it's, it's, it's like you know, with all the time, time travel movies, you see that sometimes this little change that it feels like it's going to be, a, you know, you, you fix something, but then you actually end up uh, breaking something uh, much bigger that, that, that actually was, um, was connected to this little, uh, little thing that you think you've, you've, you just fixed. So I think the main thing that helped us get to, to where we are today is that from the, all, the, all the mistakes that we've done, uh, none of them were, were fatal, and and most of them actually helped us learn and helped us do something, uh, you know, maybe bigger and 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 better in the future. So, uh, yeah, there's all, obviously we've done a lot of mistakes, but I would be even if I had this power to go back and and change the the course of 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 history, I would be very careful. I'd be really really careful not to uh, not to do something that that would actually uh, uh, make things worse. Wow. Fantastic. Tell me from your legacy. Obviously, now this, as you say, was a, a, a self-started company now more than a decade ago, but it would become a family business to some extent at some point. What lessons from your journey would you want your kids to take from this at this point? Well, so I think the, I, said, I said it's not a family business yet. I, I'm not sure if it's gonna, ever going to be. So, so I think this, this is the, we, we live in a very fast-moving environment. And yeah, we, you know, we've been in this business 11 years ago, but I'm not sure if this is something that's going to be, I'm not sure this is something that, that, that my kids would like to continue to do. I think they, they have a lot of, um, they, they'll have a lot of options to do whatever their passion is. So I, I'm not hundred percent sure if this is, this is the route I'm, I, I would like to go or if, if this is going to be the route that they would like to go um, along. I, I, I think my lesson in, in general, and I think something that we maybe touched a little bit on in terms of the, the transition from, from being a technology company to being a, a kind of a you know, people-based company is that I think one of the key skills in life is, is in general, not only in business, is, is, is everything connected to leadership. And, you know, we, we're talking about this in the context of, of kind of leadership development network. And, and one of the reasons I'm very excited about this network is that that's, it's really one of the key skills in society. Like, you know, it's, you know, for, for in YPO, we talk a lot about business and we talk a lot about, you know, you know, going to the next level in, in, in whatever we're doing professionally. But I think, also in general, in terms of, you know, life skills and in terms of making an impact in whatever you, you, you want to do as a, as, as a person, it doesn't have to be business, the leadership skills and, you know, in general, the soft skills are, are so, so important. Sure. Tell me whilst we're on that topic, if, if you would advise someone, and I'm sure you're mentoring a lot of people at this stage, someone starting out in their career, starting out in their leadership journey, what would be your key lessons and advice to them? Yeah, this is again one of the one of the tough questions to 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 answer. Like, and, and we've we've talked a little bit before this, wow. is that it's really hard to have those. This what's the one thing that that you would do? Because a lot of this stuff is really about you know a journey and and learning from your own mistakes and 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 figuring out for your for yourself. Um, but I think just just again touching back on the on the stuff that we've spoke about you know the um the main lessons from from what we've done is that trying to find a way 
to be able to learn from your own mistakes. So not trying not to avoid mistakes, but trying to make the, the, the experiments or the bets or whatever you're trying to do small enough that you can, you can make a mistake and then you can make me kind of learn from it. I think it's, it's one of the big, um, big ideas that I believe in. Like, so, 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 you know, be ambitious and, 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 and allow yourself to make those mistakes, but also keep it in a way that, that it, it allows you to, to make them and doesn't, you know, cause you too much trouble if, if, if something kind of breaks down and something doesn't go as, as, as you wanted it to go. I think this is a, a, a big part of, of what I've learned at least. Wow. So if I understand it and, 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 and if I would rephrase what you're saying in my understanding is fail fast, but, but fail regularly. So at least you make progress. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, and then, you know, there are different cultures and we, we, we obviously both come from a little bit of a different culture, but I think, for example, specifically in Poland, I think there's, there's an, and a lot of European countries, which I think is a little bit different than maybe uh, in the U S there's this culture of not, not failing. Like if you, if you fail once, there's, you know, you, it's, it's, it's a big failure in life and yeah. you know, it's, it's, there's a stigma of, of failure. Uh, I, I think, um, if you're able to overcome this, I think it's 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 going to be helpful in life. If you're if you can find a way to make those mistakes and learn from them and and recover from them and and make sure that you you continue to make those mistakes, not for the mistakes' sake, but just for for the learning you, you can have from them. And and I think if you if you're if you find a way to do that, you also always make a little bit of more bold choices, right? So if you're, if you're, if you're trying to avoid mistakes, you, you're going to be a little bit less ambitious. You're going to be a little bit less um, bold in whatever you're doing. So if, if you allow yourself to make mistakes, you, you go, you know, you go to the next step, you go to you go a little bit faster, you'll, you'll move a little bit uh, in a faster pace. Sure. I think that's, that's the, the another um, outcome of it. Fantastic. Victor, you mentioned something quickly culture has an impact on how people perform and especially, and then seeing that our peers and members from around the world and whoever, whoever else will listen to this, but the focus is culture has an impact on what we do. How did you overcome those nuances? Because being Polish, if people were to say, but Victor failed, hey, he's a failure, as opposed to Victor saying, I don't care because this is part of my process. How does, how does it one, how do you, how do you do that journey internally? Yeah, so it's it's a big part of of the conversation that we have, um, you know, almost since we started. So we've wrote down our values. We we have our you know kind of vision, and I think you know a lot of companies do that. A lot of companies have it, you know, on their website and and they have it on on posters maybe around the office. But something that we really focused on is is making sure that we we live by those values and we talk about them constantly, almost like like. I, sometimes I feel like it's just, it's maybe too much. Like I, I repeat it too much and it's maybe people are saying, ah, you know, it's again. Uh, but I think it's, it's really valuable. And, and we, we talk about them in a lot of different contexts. We, whenever we do an event, if we sometimes do some awards and, and, and we, we always try to structure all of those things around our values. And they obviously, you know, kind of uh, evolve as well. But and, and part of those values are actually those things that we talk about. So, so, so making mistakes, experimenting, uh, failing fast, some of those ideas we, we've kind of uh, uh, embedded in those values. And, um, and then if you make certain decisions and, and, and people see that you make those decisions based on those values, 
you know, it's, it's a slow process always, you know, especially when you grow fast. Uh, we've, we've been growing, you know, in, in a very fast pace, both in terms of, you know, revenue, but also, as I said, it's, it's, a, it's a business that also grows with, with people. Um, a lot of people join the company and, and they, they starting to learn this culture. Uh, so I think for us, it was always very important to, to make sure that, that there's, there, there are decisions that we make and that are visible that are based of the, on those values. So I think this is one of the, almost like the only way to build culture is, is to really live by it from on, on all the different levels of, of the organization, obviously starting from, from the top. Fantastic. Victor, in terms of the YPO space, you said you've joined recently and well, recently in, in, in context, but so have I. What, what, is, what has been your experience of YPO so far? Well, the reason I joined was I, I've learned about YPO, you know, maybe maybe a year before I joined, and I knew one of my good friends uh, here here in Poland. He was a he was a member, and I met with him uh, for a coffee, uh, and just asked him, "Hey, you know, you know, you're in YPO for for a few years now, and and uh, I was wondering if you if you can tell me if if that's if it was valuable for you, if if it's something that you would, you recommend that I." explore and was it something that kind of helped you maybe in your business whatever so the the first sentence he said was that it changed my life i would never be where i am today both you know business wise and personally if not for ypo and then i said to myself wow this is uh i <laughs> it's a uh, you know it's a good recommendation it's uh, it's something that i and then it's somebody i really like it's one of the he's one of the top uh entrepreneurs in in, in poland somebody I, I highly respect um and so wow this is this is a good recommendation and then you know i started the process i went through i went through the whole process and joined by PO. and now you know almost three years in I, I'm always a little bit hesitant to to say those kind of big words and change my life, but I think it, it is true. Like I, it's I would be a completely different person if I if not if not for YPO. I think it definitely influenced my life heavily. It's really hard to say, obviously, if you know yeah. what would be the outcome if I didn't join. But like, I think it had a huge influence. And you know, meeting amazing people, I think it's it's it's, it's one thing that's. That's maybe even sometimes underrated because a lot of people talk about forum, and forum is obviously um, a huge part of of the whole experience. But I think um, sometimes when I talk to people, it feels like this is almost like the only thing they they take out of IPO, which is fine. You know, not everybody has to have. Um, uh, if, if you're happy with your forum, you can definitely uh, take your value from it you know, more than enough, but, but I've, you know, I've, I definitely, um, experienced a lot of other stuff, you know, within the chapter, outside of the chapter, um, meeting amazing people, learning from, uh, events, I, you know, went to London business school, went to Columbia university for YPO program. So there's just so much to, uh, to discover, um, that, that I, I think it was a, it was a huge, had a huge impact on my life at least. If there were one or two things that you would want to highlight specific, even if it were nuances or stories of particular instances in which YPO helped, whether it be something as simplistic as something personal or professional, would you want to mention any of those very quickly? So again, I think a lot of people, whenever you, you talk to, to YPOers, they, they will talk about forums. So I, I'm going to skip this, this part because I think it's, it's fairly obvious. Um, 
And I would definitely focus on on some of the opportunities that that I think we as 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 YPO have still a lot of a lot of work to help highlight. I think there's there's just so many events, so many learning opportunities within YPO, and I think we get overwhelmed a little bit with the amount of communication, amount of different things that are happening. That we sometimes miss uh, the the really good ones, and I, I know that that I've been very happy with, like I said, some of the um, uh, the programs like on the business school or Columbia. Obviously, Harvard is one of the top programs that you can take out of YPO. I think some of those things are 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 sometimes uh, overlooked, and a lot of people focus on on their forum and they focus on their chapter, which you know. Again, it's it's you can you can probably take your have your money worth in 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 one of those things, but there's just so much more in in the YPO International in in going to different uh, events uh, run by other chapters in in other geographies. I think it's something that's um, that that that's worth repeating. Fantastic. And also, obviously, uh, I, another thing that I think I definitely mention is is networks, and I'm not just saying it's because because we are on a a network podcast, but I think a lot of people. I'm involved in in technology network. I'm on a on a, a board there, and I think there's also so much value that you can take from those um, industry networks, personal networks, business networks that uh, that you can connect with your peers in your industries and and learn from them. I think this is one of the one of the big values. Fantastic. I, I, I share your sentiment on specifically, you know, outside of chapter roles, but networks have been phenomenal in, in value for me. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, this has created opportunities for us to engage again. And I'm thankful to you now that you mentioned Columbia, because I then did the Columbia uh, Health Leadership Academy a couple of weeks prior to the business school, through that, through you. And thankfully, again, you mentioned the Global One as a chapter, and I joined that again. And but for those who don't know, our quick touch point was Davos earlier this year. Tell me the story. We I don't know if we ever really got to how did you end up starting to go to Davos and what value you've taken. I know we've had great times, uh, some really interesting times. But tell me when did Davos start? Which year was it? And tell me a bit about that journey. Yeah, for me, uh, this year was the first time. So so oh. we met there when I was there for the first time, and I am hoping to go back. Um, so like really simply like. The, the main reason for me to go was like it was just always on my bucket list. Like like going to Davos felt like some kind of a magical thing, and and it was. And I think you know a lot of people uh, maybe think about this as a, as a you know this kind of weird place for uh, for the one percent. And in some ways it is. <laughs> it is this kind of place, but it's also it's also an amazing place to to connect with some really really interesting people. And and and. I think the magical part of of it is is that it's not only for you know for business people, but but you, you meet people you know involved in in NGOs in in the, you know the public space in governments, and there's just such a diverse group of of people and everybody. And I think in some ways it's it's kind of a similar. And I don't know if a lot of people know that, but um, I think we made this calculation. It's, it seems like five percent of the official delegates. Of, for Davos are YPOs. Oh, wow. So yeah, yeah and and I think, you know it, it, the reason I bring this up is like Davos when you go there for this kind of you know few days a week, it sometimes feels like uh, like YPO in a way because every person I meet within YPO is is somehow interesting. Like it's there's you know everybody's different, everybody has a different story, but I always have an interesting conversation. 
Uh, and it was very similar in, in Davos. I, I met people from so many different places, like, you know, just weird things, weird events, you know, after parties, uh, <laughs> you know, sessions, wherever I went to, there was always somebody who I wanted, to, who I talked to and, and they had a, an interesting story. And I think this was, you know, so initially it wasn't really about business. It wasn't really about, um, you know, doing, doing something in, in this context, but, uh, but just learning from people and, 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 and trying to figure out, you know, what's going on. Um, but actually, you know, quite recently, it turned out that we that there is some business that, that came to us through through those initial connections there. But wow. but for me, it was more about uh, just just you know learning from people there and learning from both the sessions, but also from just the conversations that I had with with folks, you know, like yourself as well. Like it was kind of random that we met there in right. some way. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we kind of uh, you know we connected, and and there were so many other people that I connected with there. Yes, uh, we keep in touch. Oh, great. Been fantastic. Um, I hear uh, YPO will be there in a, in a, in a stronger formal uh, format this year. For, I sure for, hope so. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm quite excited. I'm, I'm hearing whisperings. As usual, there's not enough detail as yet, but when it happens, it happens. It'll be good. Tell me outside of your business, being such a, a, a in my words, I'm going, to, I'm going to try and find a better word that's significant, but, but, a, but a, 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 a large scale company in the technology space. A lot of the conversations coming out of Davos is the UNSDGs, and stakeholders outside of your businesses. What do you or your businesses get involved with those who are non-stakeholders in what you do? Yeah, so I think you know that that was for me was 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 um, also a timely thing to to think about this. Like we actually, it's and it's very timely that, that we talk about this right now because we are actually um, uh, preparing for a really larger workshop around it in the organization. Uh, we recently onboarded a. A, a person who's going to be our sustainability lead. So we have a you know an official position now for somebody who's, who's going to help us uh, craft the strategy around it and then obviously execute the strategy. We committed to become a, a B Corp this year. So in 2019, we we hope to to get certified as a as a B Corp. Um, so there's a lot of stuff happening. I think we've because of the growth, because of how how fast we've been growing. I think we we somehow neglected this as a as a conversation to have. It's always always like a uh, unfortunately this kind of an afterthought. It's like oh yeah, you know, we should definitely do something, but it's maybe maybe next year because this year you know it's crazy and we're growing so fast. We we don't really have time for that. So yeah. so we made time this year. We made time. We made uh, you know we, we we crafted the budget for it, and we have a uh, somebody who's going to oversee this. So. Hopefully, this is gonna take some kind of a more um, strategic shape. But we've been doing a lot of stuff kind of organically as well. Like you know, we have a team again with this size of the team. Um, we have folks who are excited about you know a lot of different uh, causes, a lot of different areas of of um, of you know a lot of different SDGs, obviously. So so we've there, there has been some 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 activities, and we've done uh, different small. Uh, initiatives, but it was not very strategic up until this year, and hopefully we're, we're gonna go into something that's gonna, I can you know really share as a as a as a high level strategy in in the next few months. Fantastic! Please do share the B Corp strategy with me because just the other day I was listening to a podcast on the same thing. I think we we bumped into Hala and her team from the B Corp movement, and maybe maybe I'll, I'll draw from your learnings and the processes. I'm intending to do that for for some of our companies. 
I, I think Absolutely. we do a lot of sustainability work. It's a matter of B Corp's a recognized brand around around this process. Yeah, for us, for us as well, like B Corp is, is, is a way to uh, to kind of have this kind of shared conversation to have a you know like a structure behind it. I think I think it's you know with a lot of things like if you you can do and you can probably even be successful with with doing some things a little bit uh, ad hoc and and you know a little bit you know based on 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 some emotions even sometimes but if you can if you can put a structure around it i think you can have a bigger impact and that's really what what we're trying to do is we can we, we want to make sure that the impact that we have is is the biggest one possible so so we still want to do things that are you know local and that are coming out from somebody's you know pure pure passion for something but if we can then put it in a context of of a large organization of of a structure of 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 something that we can then scale it maybe to something that's that's bigger i think that's that's the best way to do this wow fantastic great but i think we've covered a lot of ground but maybe one key message and and you know with YPO growing and the larger corporate successful colleagues if i'd call it are are aging for want of a better phrase and a large portion of our workforces, including people like ourselves, are on the cusp or in the millennial space. But with the perception of millennials being very easily distractible, very self-focused, sometimes thinking of bigger causes, what would be your advice to someone starting out, someone who was in your shoes now 15, 15 years later where you are, where they've been? Because, and then, you know, to give you a quick nuance is, I've had another YPO who was my chapter chair sometime, who said, Terence, in the corporate space, if he sees somebody has 10 companies in five years on their CV, I'll never employ them because they, they, there's, there's too short traction and there's very little depth. He'd rather employ someone who's got a range of skills in the same firm because they've taken the time to learn what they're doing. But it's just one, one view. What are your thoughts and advice to millennials? Yeah, I, yeah when, we, when, you, when we started talking about this, you sent me this question, I was thinking about it. And you know, I consider myself, you know, probably on the on the older side, but like a, a millennial a little bit. Uh, and obviously, our our team is, you know, probably ninety percent millennials, and or, or maybe you know, maybe, maybe less, but then then the next generation after them. But when I was thinking about, you know, what's what's your what's your advice to millennials? I feel like there's not really like i a lot of people say about oh you you should you should change somehow like as a millennial you should you should consider changing your behavior into something else i think you know one of the reasons that we have certain generations is that this the time has come for this kind of generation i think you know a lot of the stuff, stuff that we've been talking today about uh, you know leadership and 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 you know sustainability and and b corp i, I think this is something that that both is 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 a is, a, is something that comes with this generation, and and the, the people in this generation are gonna do very very well in in our today's uh, world just because it's their world. It's it's the it's the world generation that that is now um, kind of you know in the workforce, and and the workforce and the you know we as leaders have to you know, cater to them in some way, but also they've created this, they're, they're going to be the consumers as well. So I don't think they have to change, like they have to be themselves. <laughs> and, uh, and I think everything that, that you need to, as, as a millennial, everything you need to succeed, you have as a generation, you know? And then I think obviously all this stuff is somehow, you know, ge- generalizing, but I think in general, all the stuff that we think about when we think about millennials are there for a reason and, 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 and they're going to succeed and we're going to succeed 
as a generation in without really having to to, to change much. And obviously, you know, the, the the example you gave about you know being in ten different organizations within five years, it's yeah. I mean, but it's not. I don't think it's it's something that's that's purely generational. I think everybody really understands that to be able to uh, be good at something, you need to spend some effort and some time and and some thinking time to understand it. So I think it's uh, it's quite obvious, but I don't think it's 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 really generational. Fantastic. I'm I'm quite enjoying a very different view because typically, as you say, everyone says they've got to do something different. And it's, it's very interesting that you say, just be yourself and, and maximize within your, your time and space. Yeah, I think, you know, if you think about leadership, a lot of people say this, like, you know, the best way to, to, uh, to, to be, to, to succeed is to leverage your strength. Like, don't focus too much on, like, obviously, like, you know, we talk about, you know, some of the, the, the things that maybe the, as a generation, millennials are not very good at. And, and sure, you know, you, you have to figure out a way to, to overcome this somehow, but like focus on your strength. And, and your strengths are definitely in, 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 in all the stuff that we've been talking about. It's about, you know, uh, figuring out, you know, the change. How do, can we be involved in something that creates an impact? And, and it's important. It's important for the world. It's important for the organizations. It's important if you want to do something, even within the organization, if you, if you want to change something, you can be this kind of a champion of change um, and, and change things, even if you're just getting started in the, in the, in, you know, in the organization. So I think a lot of those strengths that, that, that millennials have, they can leverage for their advantage or we can leverage to our advantage. Fantastic. Victor, thank you so much for your time. It's been absolutely fantastic. And uh, I hope to chat soon on, on the next episode or the rest of our initiatives in YPL. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And I really enjoyed it myself as well. Thank you for joining us. In the next show, we share more insights and discussions with members in the YPO Leadership Development Network's Leader of Leaders podcast series. 